You're listening to The Hot Tag with the real tag team champs, Matty Ice and Axel the Axeman, where we talk everything wrestling. This episode of Hot Tag is brought to you by... This is Matty Ice, one half of the real tag team champions, the Beer City Boys, and you're listening to The Hot Tag on the Anchor Network. Welcome back to Hot Tag with the Beer City Boys. Episode 175, is that correct? That's correct. Man, pushing that 200 mark. We'll see if uh, we get there before our infamous Spotify anchor podcast stops us from creating podcasts. So we got to figure out a new system for our podcast. Recording wise, so that's in the books, people. We got to keep this podcast going. So, anyways, Axe man, what's what's been going on with you? I feel like I haven't seen you in like years. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> um, yeah, nothing new really. Just uh, you know, still doing my thing. Um been actually getting decent amount of wrestling in uh during the week when i can um youtube is a hell of a tool uh it's uh i think my favorite way to watch wrestling is if even if i only have like 15 minutes just sit down watch like one match and then go on with my day or whatever else i need to do um so that's pretty nice i've been keeping up on podcasts um of all sorts so, I feel like I, I know what's going on in the wrestling world without actually, like, having to sit down and watch a full episode of a wrestling show or whatnot. Um, but, yeah, other than that, uh, what's been going on with you? Well, I mean, for the last month now, going on, well, almost going on a month, I've been uh, hitting the gym pretty hard, going, like, Monday through Friday almost. So, that's, like, my new obsession in life is going to the gym. Yeah. I'm trying to get jacked like Austin Theory, you know. Finn Balor. Nice. Going back in the ring one more time, I see. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe maybe one more shot. I don't know. I got like one good bump in me. That's what the hammer would say. <laughs> Greg the hammer. <clears throat> so... Other than battling, like, uh, some kind of, I don't, I don't know, it could be allergies for me, but I've been all stuffed up for over a week now. It's kind of nasally. Yeah, I know how you feel. I've kind of been that way, too, and then I got this, I still got this dry cough or whatever, so. <sighs> Trying to get, get through that. You, you know, I mean, not to, like, interrupt the whole podcast and whatnot with the, our our day-to-day lives and sicknesses and all that stuff. But, like, for me, it almost seems like if I'm nasally and the nasally clears up, I develop a cough, like a nasty hack afterwards. Mm. So I don't know if it's, like, the sinuses, like, draining into your throat and then you do just develop, like, a cough or whatever the case is. I don't know, but it's annoying. Yeah. So. I, I, well, and to go off that, too, I feel like when the weather starts to change... Is when, like, when I, I usually always get, like, some kind of sniffles or stuffy nose or whatever right when the weather starts to 
warm back up right before spring, like that late winter, early spring where things are like warming up, but then they're cold in the morning and like the weather can't decide. I, all the time, I get it right then. I feel like I'm not the only one. Uh, right. It's weird. No, I, I, I totally agree with you on that point um, because the Wisconsin weather has been so up and down. So up and down. One day it's 60, the next day it's 20 and snowing. Well, then like Friday, it was like 30, when I got up and went to work, I think it was somewhere between 35 and 38. And then it got cold during the day. And then right before lunch, the sun came out and it was nice. And then after lunch, the sun went away, it got windy. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's snowing. I was like, what the heck? Right. Yeah, exactly. So... Sicknesses in Wisconsin because of Mother Nature's instability of uh, consistent climate. God dang Wisconsin. Right. Well, should we get to some wrestling? Give, th- the, give the people what they want? <laughs> yeah, give the people what they want. <laughs> Enough with uh, health. This isn't a health show podcast, right? Maybe. Health, health and well-being podcast. Maybe we put that on the back burner next to the Bluey podcast. Right. The, yeah. the Bluey podcast is, is probably where it's at. Um, but yeah. Um, well, shoot. Uh, let's start with WWE. Did you uh, did you watch Raw or SmackDown NXT this week? I know uh, they had the pay-per-view uh, yesterday. Yeah, I, I watched the pay-per-view uh, yesterday. Because um, I was scrolling through my phone and I saw stuff. From the pay-per-view, and I'm like, wait a minute, the pay-per-view was today? Sure enough, went on Peacock. It was on, so I watched it. I watched the replay. Uh, but other than that, no, I did not watch any, uh, like, Raw, NXT, or uh, SmackDown. I did catch some highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it seemed like the only highlights that really stood out was... They had all the gals from the Elimination Chamber. And then Nia Jax came in and, like, beat them all up. So. Yeah. I I don't understand what... Okay. Both companies do this. AEW does this with Nyla Rose, where she is basically non-existent. And then they bring her back, and she's a big baddie. Especially AEW does it when they have a, a new champ, a new women's champ. And then WWE does it with Nia Jax, where she's like gone for a while, and then she comes back, and she's this like behemoth, and she's always in the way of the champ. And like they've already done this with Rhea and Nia before, yeah. And now they're doing it again. I've been seeing as we've walk, been talking. I've been trying to see. Uh, some highlights from the show or whatever, and seems like what I've seen is that Rhea had a little bit of a tough time with with Nia Jax last night. Um, I'm sure they they portrayed it all to be like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean they, but they, I mean it. The realistic point of it, though, too, is that there's no way that Rhea could actually probably beat Nia. Depending on, like, because of the size difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Rhea's not... She's not small. Some skinny mini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Alexa Bliss or anything like that. Right. But, like, Nia's a big girl. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, you know what? I mean, Naya, if she wants to hurt you, she's going to hurt you. I mean, she's going to hurt you regardless, probably. Yeah. Because just the, the overall strength factor. Because sometimes when people are are bigger than their opponents, they don't realize their strength. Right. So. Right. So, yeah. But, I mean, I, it, it definitely helps Rhea Ripley. And I think it makes everybody in the back at WWE feel a little bit comfortable that uh, Rhea's pretty stout. She's, she's like, pretty pretty buff. I mean, she's... Yeah. She's, uh... I mean, she's not Jay Cargill, but... No, no, she's not that big, but she's not, like you were saying, she's not Alexa Bliss or... Right. You know, Riho or, you know, some of them little bitty girls, you know, Liv Morgan or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I was really surprised that they let Becky win the Elimination Chamber. I thought that they were going to go the Liv Morgan route. Yeah, I'm surprised they went with Becky, too. You know, with WWE's history as well, is it always seems like they go one place and that doesn't pan out, so they just go to, like, the next fall person. Like, like a comfort zone, yeah. The comfort zone, like Becky. Yeah, like that. They, or Charlotte. Yeah, they, you know? it's like they're like, oh, well, Liv isn't hitting the... Raising the needle like we want. Let's go with Becky. We're, it, it, it's not the wrong answer. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, and, and, and don't take it personally out there, fans. Like, Becky is a hell of a talent, and she deserves everything that she's gotten so far. But, I mean, we're just saying, like, you know, people are trying to progress or whatever, and... Like the X-Men said, they don't progress to where they want it, and then they just fall back on whoever. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure that Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley will have a good match at WrestleMania, but personally, why not give Liv Morgan a shot? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just would like to see them try to push some push some some stars. A little bit, or some people a little bit, to see if they can be stars. I mean, in my opinion, this year you've got the perfect setup to to take a gamble match like that. Like the the women are no slouches. I mean, don't get me wrong, but um, with the whole Cody Rock thing, Cody Roman, Roman Rock, and then you got Seth and Drew, which isn't going to be a huge draw. Um. In my opinion, I mean, other people might be really excited about it. I'm just not really on the... I like Drew McIntyre, but I'm just not on his, like, bandwagon. I I don't really foresee him taking the title from Seth, but... Um, and you got um, Bailey and um, Io, Io Sky or Io Shirai, whatever she goes by now. So why not take a gamble on Liv Morgan going against uh, Rhea Ripley? I mean, even if it's a miss, you got all these other matches in place that are going to be set up to be bangers, you know. I, I don't know why. Why not? Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they do that, that either. I mean, they do that with the guys, too, it seems like. No, yeah. Yeah, because they don't have anybody to face Seth, and now all of a sudden now it's Drew. And I don't know, I just don't feel like Drew's been built up until now. 
for for the Seth Rollins thing. You know what I mean? Right, right. And it's so hard too in the men's division because Romans just beat the crap out of everybody so much recently that like it doesn't feel like anybody's ready. Even even for Seth, it just doesn't seem like anybody's ready. Right. Um, I mean, I'd like to see Walter get a chance, but I know what the Intercontinental thing title in the way that I don't think they want to get back into the somebody holding two belts thing. Yeah. Well, what I what I really see is I see Damian Priest cashing in on like Drew McIntyre. So I you, think Drew McIntyre will take the belt from Seth probably, mm-hmm. and then. Damien will come in, and that'll be the next storyline. Him and him and Drew McIntyre. Interesting. That's what I think. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm not a insider for WWE, but that's just my my kind of prediction. I mean, it could go Seth wins, and then he gets cashed, and in then he on, gets yeah. cashed in on. Yeah, I don't know. I, <clears throat> that's a hard one. Um, I just. Damien Priest is another guy that I just don't really see, like... Yeah, I... With Damien Priest, I think that... He was getting a little popular back, like... When he won the Money in the Bank. Like, before he won the Money in the Bank, but then... I think... I think L.A. Knight should have won Money in the Bank. Probably. But he wasn't as hot then as he is now. He was pretty hot. Yeah. But I think, not to cut you off, I think they thought that Damien was going to get a bigger rub from Judgment Day than he has been. Because Judgment Day has essentially just been Rhea Ripley and Dominic, and the rest of them are just jabronis hanging out. Right. Especially Finn Balor and... Whatever the other guy's name yeah. is. I mean, when you think of Finn Balor, I mean... That, that dude has, like, so much potential, but, like... The size of him really doesn't... Yeah. Stack up, but... Um... He, he's hella good. And then you got Damian Priest, who's... Very good at, with himself, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not too bad on the mic, mm-hmm. but like we said, that, that group, I mean, Rhea Ripley, like, owns that group. Yeah. And then you got Dominic. I mean, Dominic's just the, the guy who everybody loves to hate. Right. Yeah, he's done a really good job. Like, I, I couldn't stand Dominic at all, especially when he was with his, with his dad. He just was like, what is going on here? He's just there because he's Mysterio's boy and yada, 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 but... Ever since he, like, flipped and he's the heel now and he's taken, like, the the jail per- persona on and, like, Rhea's been there to definitely help coax him along. <clears throat> but, yeah, no, he's good. He's he's definitely good. He's he's um, definitely, I mean, I don't even know if they consider Seth a heel anymore, but Dominic's definitely so. one of the top heels behind Roman. Yeah. Um... I was gonna say this too, is that 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 heel turn on his dad needed to happen for his career, oh, because sure. if he would have been face Dominic, he would have been let go like years ago. Yeah. 
Um, is he? Am I right when I say he's U.S. champ? No, he's um, North American, I think. No, I think he lost that. Mm, he might have lost it, but he was North American. He wasn't U.S. champ. Not even now? Who's U.S. champ now? Um, uh, Logan Paul. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Hmm. Well, you know what would be cool? I was going to say this anyways. I thought he was U.S. champ, but he, either way, regardless. He should come out at WrestleMania... And a lowrider like Eddie Guerrero. He probably will. That'd be pretty sweet. He should just adopt a Latino heat thing. Get the boots with the flames on it and stuff. I think he could do it. He could. And, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody would have a problem with it since uh, Eddie and Ray were so close and stuff. Right. So. And I think it'd be cool if they... Even though at the time I thought the storyline was stupid, but if they circle back on it and like maybe Ray comes back for a little bit to have another feud with Dominic and he's like, Eddie's my real dad. You guys fought for custody of me. You're not, you know what I mean? Like, especially because Dominic's way taller than Ray. Right. So, I don't know. I think it'd be cool if they circle back on it a little bit and kind of bring it back. Yeah. It would be interesting. Um, it would be very interesting. But yeah. And then, obviously, we ruined the men's Elimination Chamber match with Drew winning. Uh, so he's going to face Seth. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, things are shaping up. It looks like Cody's going to challenge The Rock. Yeah, and Cody said he'd challenge The Rock and Seth would be... In his corner, yeah. Basically in his corner by his side, just in case something went bad. Because we know how the bloodline works. Right. They work in a, in a wolf pack. Right. And, uh... Speaking of the bloodline, I sent you this yesterday. Um, there's two wrestlers that are within that bloodline family, however you want to break it down or whatever. Um, one is Lance Anawahi, and I can't remember what the other guy's name was. Um, but they were a tag team in MLW, and I guess their contract in MLW has come up. So there's a lot of speculation that uh, they're going to be joining the bloodline here. Um and I know there's been a lot of rumors swirling to the Jacob Batu, whose contract is also up with MLW, might be going to WWE as well to join the bloodline. Um, but all this is interesting because you think, let's say Roman loses to Cody, are they still going to have a bloodline? I mean, does that even make sense anymore? I think it can. And I think they just battle for... Like, try to battle back, almost. Mm-hmm. Or battle each other. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It. I just... I don't know. Personally, I just don't see the bloodline, like, really working um, without Roman being champ. Because I think if Roman loses, I think he's going to take a... Leave absence for a while. I don't know. Just my thoughts. I could be totally wrong. He could up his schedule and wrestle every week. I don't know. Yeah. So. Um, you got any more uh, WWE news? Um, well. 
Jimmy attacked Jay on Monday Night Raw. After his intercontinental battle with uh, Gunther. So, that's like the only thing I, I, that's like the only highlights that really stuck out, I think. Okay. So, to me, when it comes to that. So. Well, um, I got more uh, <clears throat> TNA, Scott Demore news. Yeah. So, um, last week after the podcast, I think either Sunday night or Monday, I saw that it was announced that Tommy Dreamer had taken over, um, like, talent relations or whatever. So he's, like, head of talent or whatever. Hmm. Um, and then, I guess, um, somebody, and I can't remember who, Maybe it was Eric Young. I don't know. One of the high, one of the veterans that's on the TNA roster had messaged um, Anthem about the Scott Demore thing, and then I guess all the TNA roster like put uh, tweeted out hourglasses and like didn't say anything afterwards. It was just an hourglass. So I guess <clears throat> it sounds to me like that they're all putting their foot down trying to get them to bring Scott Demore back. Hmm. Um, so, I don't know what that means for TNA if they don't bring Scott Demore back, if that's just going to be it, if they're just going to uh, wrestle till the contracts are done, if they're just not going to wrestle at all. Um, I don't know. I I don't know how any of their contracts are set up, so I don't know if they can find them or... If right. TNA just releases them, they just all go somewhere else. So, I don't know, but I thought it was interesting, and I liked to see that the whole locker room was behind Scott Demore. Yeah. Because um, it does seem like everything that I've been able to read, that he was basically fired because he wanted TNA or Anthem to help TNA do a little extra, now that they've got some like, breathing room and some leg room to, like, really jump up. And they're like, no. And then he's like, okay, well, I'll just get up money and buy you and then buy it from you. And then they weren't happy and they kicked him to the curb. Right. So, <clears throat> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this all keeps boiling out and unfolding. So... Oh, TNA may have, or Anthem may have no choice but to bring him back, or they may not have a wrestling show. They might not. They might not. And that's a shame, because TNA, TNA was um, starting to become really popular again, I think. And with the right backing, I mean, it could have probably overstepped AEW. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, especially, yeah, if Scott Demore was like, we gotta go and spend money and grab some guys. I mean, you get some guys in there like Jacob Fatu or, I mean, I know they brought like Mustafa Ali in. He just recently won the X Division title, mm -hmm. um, at the last pay-per-view that they had just like recently. I think it was this weekend too. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you get the right guys in there that kind of get released and they pick up some people. 
They can do a lot of damage for sure. Especially yeah. if they start getting enough traction where they can get into a little bit bigger of arenas. I mean, obviously nothing the size of AEW or WWE, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, especially when you got a talent like Nick Nemeth. Too. Oh, yeah. Um, he just won... I think he's challenging Moose, or... He just won some, uh... In Japan, right? Some Japan title, yeah. yeah. I can't remember what, what title he won, but... Off the top of my head. But, but yeah, I mean, it would be a shame for him to have signed and getting some good backing and then the company just fall apart. Yeah, that would be a shame. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, um... And like, you know, are they are they gonna start doing some shady stuff? As in TNA doing shady stuff, like, oh, we got all these people under contract. They don't want to wrestle on our show. We're just gonna bring in people that we know will come in, and we can just pay them on the side or whatever, just to have a show. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Who knows? But if they do that, their product would is definitely gonna go down. Yep. And they're just bringing in anybody to fill shoes, so. I don't know. Yep. Um. What else you got? Anything else good with TNA? Or um, no, I don't have anything else TNA-wise. Um. That was pretty much it, but. Um, I guess there's there's more people that uh, more wrestlers I should say that are a little upset in AEW again. No, that's nothing new. <laughs> I guess um, it's come out that um, Malachi Black's a little unhappy with how he's being used. I think he's been unhappy since like the start. Well, not really the start, but yeah. Yeah, he's pretty irritated, I guess, with how he's, like, barely being used. He just, like, seems like once a month or whatever, or on a small show, they just come in and beat the crap out of somebody, the House of Black, that is. That's about all they do. (laughs) Yeah. So. Well, I mean, what, I mean, we both know what happened, and I think everybody else does, too, is that. When WWE started releasing all their talent during the pandemic, AEW just swooped them up, picked them up, and people were saying how great AEW was because of the freedom and creativity that they had. And now their roster's so big, and they're only utilizing the same talent right, consistently. So all that talent that they that they built up during the pandemic time when they had nobody, mm-hmm. they just pushed it to the side. Right. I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but um, the acclaimed is now with the Gun Club again, and um, Juice Robinson and. Um, uh, Jay White, 
Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. How does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, when I look back at, like, how wrestling was, and that you and I talked about AEW and what we were enjoying and stuff like that, um, I was enjoying the the faction style that was set up like Japan and stuff like that, but now it's just getting out of hand where everybody's just, like, going back and forth. Oh, I'm going to be in this group. Now I'm going to be in that group. Now I'm going to be in this group. Now I'm going to be by myself. Oh, I want to be in a group again. Like, things just aren't making sense. Things aren't lining up. Um, people are, like, coming and going, and then every time I get on Twitter or Facebook, I see that Tony Khan signed somebody else. It's like, Ronald McDonald is all elite now. It's just like, why are we still signing these guys, and you're not replacing anybody? So you got a roster of 150 people, and it's not like people are leaving. You're just signing people and signing people, and you don't even have, like enough shows to, or enough TV time, I should say, because you got Dynamite that's two hours, but then Collision's only an hour, and then your other TV show on Saturday's only an hour. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. You should make Collision two hours, and then if you want to have, or whatever it's called on Friday, have that two hours, and then your Saturday show be like an hour or something. Like it was back in the old days. Your Saturday morning wrestling was like an hour or whatever. Right. And it was just pre-taped stuff that didn't make it into the episode or whatever. And you just throw it on TV. Right. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I haven't sat down and watched an epi- a full episode of AEW in, I don't know, like 10 months. Yeah. I think the last... I, I didn't even watch a full episode of AEW when I was at my folks around the holidays. And usually we do, but we didn't. Um, I don't know. It's just not like, like I've said week after week. It just doesn't, just doesn't grab my attention. I always see who's on. And like there'll be times where I'll be here able to watch it live. And I'm just like, eh. I don't know. It just... Yep. I don't know, and and I'm not even saying like if they let a bunch of people go and they go back to what they were doing before, if that's even gonna fix it for me anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, is Julia Hart even in the House of Black? It kind of seems like that she is at times, but then at other times it seems like she's got her own kind of like. Because like her a, and Sky Blue are running around? Yeah, it almost seems like her and Sky Blue are part of the House of Black. But Just like, call her butt cheeks? But on their own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> butt cheeks. Yeah, exactly. But it seems like they're on their own, too. Because they're not like... I don't... And like I said, I haven't sat down and watched it, but I haven't noticed like Julia Hart coming out with the House of Black anymore like she used to. Yeah. Since her and Sky Blue are doing this... Stick or whatever their little side dark witches yeah the <clears throat> yeah I don't know um yeah I don't know and, cause there's like nothing that even like the sting thing yeah like that it, sting's planning on retiring why would you give him and Darby Allen the titles the tag titles that makes absolutely no sense and it doesn't do anything for Sting. No. Sting doesn't need a belt to be important. No. 
And, like, I don't know. And then they have the last match against the Young Bucks. But it was supposed to be his last match, and he wins the title. How the hell does that make sense? Yeah. It, it just doesn't. I don't know. No, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know how it came about, but I don't know why he would want to wrestle the Young Bucks. Apparently, he, the rumor is that he picked the Young Bucks. I don't know. I don't know if he did it because he's never wrestled them before. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I I get it. He has to do a tag team match and whatnot, but let's 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 put it real into this perspective here. I mean, Sting can still do stuff and whatnot, mm-hmm. but the Young Bucks are high spot artists, right? Sting can't do high spots unless he just did it with Darby Allen just. Uh... So it's just going to be a one-man match. Sting's going to come in, get a couple coals lines, go, ow! Stinger splash, maybe hit one of the Young Bucks with the Scorpion Death Drop or uh, the um, Scorpion Death Lock. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Young Buck, one of, one of the Young Bucks are going to super kick him, lay him out in the ring, and then they're going to they're gonna pin somebody. Right. I mean, that's how that match is going to go. I don't even need to be part of the show to tell you how it's going to go. I mean, it's not really going to be... I don't know. It's not the, the it's not the farewell match that... that uh, I would think... I, I think that I think should happen. I mean... I, I'd hate to say it, but I'd rather see Sting... Go up against MJF. At least I think they could tell a story between the two of each other, between the both of them. Yeah. I would, I would think. And you know, MJF going over, I think, especially with the character development now with MJF. I know he's out, but, um. That that match would actually mean something. I think that that whatever whatever they could come up with, they could they could get the job done. And I think that MJF could show the respect after the match with Sting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So give him that highlight. Yeah, for sure. And it would definitely build to his like, "I'm better than you, better than you, and you know it." He could say something like, I'm better than Sting, and you know it. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I see it, too. Like, it only elevates MJ. And, like, isn't that what you want to do when when somebody's retiring? You want to elevate the next guy? Like, yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think that, I don't know, Tony Khan's not doing it right, and... We got to get things figured out here. Um, I mean, shit, people might be leaving AEW. I mean, people are already leaving AEW, but people might be leaving AEW sooner than... I mean, Andrade went back to WWE, and he was mad at creative back there. Right. Right. 
But the the thing that doesn't make sense is everybody just keeps saying, oh, well, they're going to go to WWE. Oh, well, they're going to go to AEW. Okay, well, there's more options than just those two. Right. I mean, both, in my opinion, both systems have the likelihood to be clogged with too much talent. You know, there's only enough room for so many top dogs, middle dogs, and low... You know what I mean? Like, you gotta... As a company, you gotta, like, get guys in, in their respective realms. You can't have too many top dogs and not enough little... You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. So... I mean, you can pay me to have a match, like, once every two months. <laughs> yeah, <right>. You know? <laughs> Do a house show every now and then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I I I take a few bumps. Yeah, once a month. So I don't know. I, I feel like every week all we do is just have a big like bitch session about AEW. But I mean, there's, yeah, there's no. I don't know. There's like no good news coming out of the AEW camp. It's crazy. Like no. every week I see something dumb. Like I don't know if you saw this, but apparently Orange Cassidy and. Um, Darby Allen went with Tony Khan over to England to watch a a soccer match because I guess Tony Khan and his dad own Fulham, mm-hmm. which is like a soccer club over there. And they're sitting in the press box, and all the pictures that people had them, and all the comments were just saying how bored the two of them looked. So it's just like. And Tony Khan's got his arm around him, big smiles. No, he was talking. Hey. He was talking to somebody else. Um, he was sitting in front of him, but. Um, yeah, I don't know, they just look super bored. <laughs> like, and it's like, why did they even go? Like, why were they in England? What? Unless Tony was like, yeah, you gotta come with me. <laughs> I don't have any friends, guys. Will you be my friends this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, Sammy Guevara did a, uh... Swanton off the top of a ladder on uh, Powerhouse Hobbs on the two tables. Oh, really? Yeah. This is coming from after <laughs> he broke Jeff Hardy's nose. Matt Hardy was pissed. Oh, really? At Sammy Guevara. He was pissed hmm. that he botched that moosaw. I don't know. You probably didn't see it. No, I didn't. No, it was like some vi- some fan video of like Matt Hardy just screaming at Adam. Hmm. Came out just screaming, I guess. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't know. I mean, I was a big fan of Sammy Guevara. He seems like he's falling off the table a little bit, doesn't it? Well, yeah, because he, he's not with Jericho. Well, I mean, he's not running around with Jericho. You think that was the whole thing? He was getting the rub from Jericho? He was getting the rub from... He was getting a good rub from Jericho. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, he, he's super athletic, too. And doing crazy stuff, that's probably why he got popular and whatnot. And... Now he's just. I I I think 
his downfall was proposing to his ex fiance <laughs> on on TV. On TV, and then a matter of months later, or whatever it was, dumping her and then shacking up with Ty Conte, getting married and having a baby. Do you think that was a work? No. No, you don't? No. The only reason I say that is because when I'm, like, looking at AEW, like, as a whole, where the company is now, seems like they got somebody from within, like, the inside of the inner workings either leaking stuff on purpose or somebody's got a big mouth because it seems like there's a lot of negative stuff that comes out of AEW. And in the entire time the AEW's been around, like, the only negative stuff to come out of WWE is the Vince McMahon stuff. Which, don't get me wrong, is huge. But it just seems like... Cause he, well, I'll, I'll say something. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. Um, see, that's where AEW is different from WWE. WWE, you don't have that freedom on... Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right. To say crap like that. Right. Or to do anything like that. Right. It's got to be ran through them. Right. Because if they tweet out something that WWE doesn't like, they tell them to erase it. Mm-hmm. And then they get fined or whatever, suspended. Yeah. So they're always on edge with WWE. I mean, sometimes they'll try to like start some stuff if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. But, I mean... Half the time, is it even them that are putting out the tweets? Like, Seth Rollins putting out the tweets. Oh, or is it like... Somebody doing it for Somebody him. doing it for him. I mean, I'm sure there are times where he's approached by somebody and is like, hey, we want to move this story along, you know, story along, can you tweet this out? And he just does it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are some times where he's like, hey, I want to tweet this or I want to share this or whatever. Can I, you know, I'm sure he has to get permission for some stuff and I'm sure he has a green light for certain things and I'm sure they trust certain talent doing certain stuff. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't know, it just seems like... A.W. Wild West. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I mean, it's 100% the Wild West. And that's the thing was like at the beginning, I'm like, Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Give the wrestlers creative talent. You know, they're the ones moving their own characters along, yada, yada, yada. But, like, that only works so much because everybody wants to be the top dog. And like I said before, no, not everybody can be the top dog. So when you're coming up with stories, like, you have to have somebody else in the room being like, this is the story we want to do. We want to get from point A to point B. Have the wrestlers sit in there, too. How do we do that? This is what we're thinking. What are you guys thinking? And go from there. But you still have to be like, it has to end here. Right. You can't just be like, you can't just be Tony Khan and be like, all right, my office is open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Come in and pitch me whatever you want. Right. You know, that just that just doesn't make sense. No. Because <clears throat> there's, no, there's no continuity from episode to episode within AEW. Yeah. AEW died when Cody lost his EVP role. I mean, pretty much. I mean, they 
they were able to coast a little bit after that because everything was kind of put in place. But after that, it just it just hot garbage. It just fell apart. It just totally fell apart. Um. Well, uh, I mean, I feel like we're repetitive on AEW, but well, I mean, it's either it, 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 to me, it's so it's so frustrating. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like work. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got the same gripes at work every day with your coworkers. Right. Like, oh, this is just such BS. I I just don't understand it. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like that. Yeah. No, yeah, it's like beating a dead horse. You know, it's. What else can you do? And I feel like we're to the point now where if we don't dog AEW, then we're just not talking about AEW. Because um, I, I can't even tell you the last positive thing we've said about AEW. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Uh, I mean, again, we'll see. Because there for a while, I felt like that they were starting to shape up and get like some things together, and then now they're just taking a back seat again, so... Yeah. I don't know. But uh got any quick hits? Is there uh No getting a little getting a little close on time? No, I don't really have anything. Well, I got I got a couple. Um I'll get the big one out of the way. Uh yesterday I saw a um a tweet, I believe. Maybe it was on Facebook, I'm not for sure. I can't remember. Um, basically, they're still looking into this this McMahon allegations, and they're interviewing people and talking to people and stuff like that. And I guess it's been it's come out that um, someone along the line has named Stephanie in yep. the cover up that she knew all about it and she did nothing and she covered some stuff up. Um, so that definitely doesn't look good. I don't know what your thoughts are on that or if you have any. You know, you're going to find out that a lot of people probably covered it up. So, and I wouldn't be surprised if Triple H gets mentioned in the, yeah. in the whole realm because part of the business. Yeah. Well, okay, here's my thing. What... What do you consider a cover-up? Because, like, for me, I consider a cover-up maybe different than somebody else does. Like, if you, to me, if, like, you know something's going on and you just don't say anything because you don't feel like you have a place to say anything or whatever, it, 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 that, that, to me, is technically not covering up. You're just, like, turning your shoulder. Yeah, well, I mean... The allegations on Stephanie is that she was walking talent into conference rooms where she just left them at the door. Yeah, see, that's not okay. That, would, to me, would be adding to the problem. Right. And, I guess, basically, like, turning a blind eye. Like, you're, you're like, leading people to slaughter, right. essentially. So yeah, that would not be okay. That's what the allegations are, whether it's it's true or not, or whatever the case is. But yeah. So, well, it doesn't look good. That's for sure. No, it doesn't look good. And like I said, Triple H could be the next hit. 
Yeah. I mean, not saying that he's was a part of it, but... Right, no, yeah, yeah. You know, he was up there in the company. Yeah. Or is up there in the company, and... At this point, I don't think anybody's safe. No. Um, I mean, where where was Chris... What happened with Chris Jericho's allegations? I don't know. They kind of seem... I haven't seen anything else about him. Yeah. So I don't know if... Somebody lied, or what the heck happened, you know? And then, and then you run into the legal stuff where it's like, oh well, this person signed an NDA, so now they can't talk at all. And it's just like, like I don't know. I when it comes to stuff like this, I just want people to be held accountable for their actions. So if McMahon's doing things. To, to women in the work regardless if it's in the workplace or not using his power to get whatever that's wrong he should be account- held to his held accountable to his actions and there should be no why well, paid him off they can't talk now like that's baloney you know because yeah. basically it's just showing everybody like well you got money you can't be touched right right and if Stephanie was leading pe- women into situations like that, that's not okay. She should be held for her actions. You know, but... Um, I don't know. It just... I, and it's hard, you know. It's like, okay, are people just like... Are people abusing people or abusing their power? Or are people just saying stuff to get their 15 minutes of fame? Like, I, I hate to say that about anybody. Like, if things are actually happening, but... Right. It's just so hard to tell when you hear the start of a story and then it just goes cold. Right. Well, that's like with the Chris Jericho allegations. Like, what does that chick have to do? Uh, um. Like, what what does she have? Uh, to like win about those allegations? You know what I mean? It's not like she's going up against like. Uh, Vince McMahon or something, you know what I mean? He's going up against Chris Jericho. Right. I mean, what is that guy worth? Right, yeah. And it's like, but then you run into the problem where it's like, okay, say there are allegations. Is Chris Jericho paying somebody off to get it swept under the rug? Is Tony Khan covering things up for Jericho? Because then, like, to me, that is definitely a cover-up. Right. Jericho's like, yeah, I did these things. I need this to go away. And Tony Khan's like, oh, I got you pulls out a wad of cash and throws it at somebody and then it just nobody hears about it again like right um yeah and unfortunately I mean wrestling's different now but unfortunately probably in the 70s 80s and into the 90s maybe the early 2000s the allegations that's come out about McMahon those are probably a common thing oh 100% I mean I mean, I'm not, well, 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 let's just put it this way, whether you're a man or a woman in your respective fields and you want to move up the ladder and you're, the head honcho is male or female, again, I said male or female, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, and... You want to, they, they're like, oh, well, I need somebody to right-hand man. Like, you come sleep with me or you do this favor for me and you'll be my right-hand man. 
Yeah, I'm sure it happened. Obviously, it happens more than just I mean, in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, it happens in the day-to-day world, too. So, Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Just how the, the world is. Yeah. But anyways, Wrestle of the Week. Oh, I got, I got, oh, you got, I one? got, I got one more. <clears throat> I don't know if you'll find this as interesting as uh, I did. So uh, I know I talked about this on the podcast, uh, maybe last year or the year before, whatever. Um, but there was a company I stumbled upon that um, just started making wrestling figures or whatnot, and they came out with uh, with a series of like legends, like they did a Kerry Von Erich, Stan Hansen, uh, Bruiser Brody. Um, they did like a few that, and these guys never got action figures. That was like their mm-hmm. claim to fame. Well, I signed up for their uh, emailing list where they email you new stuff. And the first series came out, and then the second series is just came out or is getting ready to come out. Um, and then they just signed a deal with TNA to make some TNA figures. Okay. Um, but I got an email on Thursday that they had some. I how do I want to put this? Basically, they had developed a bunch of a bunch of the first series wrestlers, and then when they had made them, they had wanted to make some adjustments to the figure. Mm-hmm. So then they had already had these made there in the boxes and stuff. They never distributed them, mm-hmm. but now they they have them, and they're like, "Well, what else are they going to do? We just sit in a warehouse." So they sent out an email about selling them. Well, I was able to get one. So I, I bought it yesterday. I got a Stan Hansen one. It's in a pristine box with a sticker on it that says, um, basically like, for display only. Um, so I got it. And I got it cheaper than what the Series 1s were selling for. Oh, nice. So I got it. It's in the mail. I don't know how long it'll take to get here. Maybe like 10 days or whatever. I don't, I'm not for sure where this company's out of. but So I'm super excited. That's cool. To see, yeah. And the box was cool, too. Like, the box has, like, got his face on the front, and then you can kind of see the figure, and then it, like, folds open. It's got, like, a little bio about Stan Hansen and stuff. So, oh, cool. So I'm pumped about that. So hopefully cool. it's cool and, like, not dumb looking or whatever. Don't open it. No, I'm definitely not going to open it. No, definitely not. Um, especially with that sticker on there, maybe it'll gain some yeah. some value. So Keep it pristine. Um but yeah, and then I saw it, it was already sold out. I was I was thinking about getting it too. They made a uh, an Iron Claw version of uh, Carrie Von Erich for the movie or whatever. They changed his jacket up or whatever. Okay. But it was sold out. Hmm. So I'm sure it went like hotcakes. But yeah, yeah. So when it gets here, I'll have to show you. And it pretty pretty pumped about it. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah. Um, yeah, rest of the week. Um, like I told you um, last night, I've been watching a lot of um, matches on YouTube and stuff. So uh, I think I got to go with um, with with uh, Terry Funk. I was watching a lot of. Uh, I stumbled across a YouTube channel that's got a lot of stuff from All Japan on there, um, and I haven't haven't seen a lot of All Japan stuff, but. Yeah, and I watched like like six matches last night all in a row from all Japan. Um, Terry Funk was on there, the great or Giant Baba, Bruiser Brody, and it was like 
the earliest match was like 82 and the latest match was like August of like 1990 so <clears throat> Steve Williams was on a few of them um Dr. Death yeah Terry Gordy was on there Terry Bam Bam Gordy so um Stan Hansen was on there too but yeah I gotta go with, with Terry Funk it was R- real quick have you dabbled into that wrestling the classic wrestling channel on Plex no not yet I have you have to Sometimes they have those those classic guys on there. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll so, check, I'll check I it mean, out for sure. It's it's kind of hit and miss what you get, but I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, this one was was hard to watch too because there was no English commentary; it's all Japanese commentary. Which I mean, it's not the end of the world right. if you don't know what they're saying. But I don't know. I just find that that stuff in Japan from like the early '80s to the '90s, like that stuff's good, and I, I've never seen any of that stuff. So. Yeah. It's all new to me, and the some of the stuff they do, they would definitely never do in the states during that time too. Like wrestling was yeah. way different over there than this here. Sure was. So sure um, was. What about you? You got a wrestler of the week? Austin Theory. Okay, yeah, that was out of left field. Yeah, left field is right. Um, I mean, the reason why I picked that kid is because <sighs> he's like a Dolph Ziggler. Okay. I never really like Austin Theory, but when you when you sit back and watch him, and you look back at Dolph or Nick Nemeth or whatever you want to call him now, back when he was coming up as Dolph Ziggler, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and just the stuff that he does, the way he takes bumps, like the presentation and all that stuff, it's they're they're both one and the same. So interesting. Yeah, because I always saw Dolph Ziggler as kind of um, like a Mr. Perfect guy. That's how I looked at Dolph, because he always like... You know what? Yeah. He yeah. always like was there, he works really good, he takes great bumps, he makes the other guy look stupid good. Like, yeah, he got pushed a little bit here and there, and he always falls back, kind of like Mr. Perfect was. He was always like right there, right, making the top guys look good. And that's Austin Theory, too. Interesting. I'll have to pay more attention to that because I I just never paid attention to Austin Theory. I never really yeah cared for him. Um, yeah, and I know McMahon really liked him and was pushing him. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the the main thing is you, you don't really care for him because McMahon was pushing him, and he was being pushed. But if you sit back and watch him, I mean, he's just like you said, Mister Perfect, Dolph Ziggler. All right. Yeah, I'll definitely so, I'll definitely pay attention to that and give him give him some some watches. Maybe I'll go on. Peacock this afternoon and go to his page and watch some of his matches. I like to do that too. Yeah. If I'm feeling somebody. Really... <clears throat> well, even the skits that he runs, you know. Okay. Yeah. It's like like on the the pay per view that just happened. Cody caught him with the Cody cutter, mm-hmm. and then uh, Rollins hit him with the the curb stomp. Interesting. Hmm. So. So, yeah. All right, well. Give him a look. You'll see what I mean. Yeah. Well, we're officially in WrestleMania season. We're on the straightaway. Yep. It'll be here before you know it. Sure will. So, I don't know when that is. Sometime in April, I think. It's like the first weekend in April or something. All right, well, we're definitely going to have to plan something. Yep. The only bad thing is, is night two is going to be Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Well, we'll try. If not, I'll definitely get up early the next day to watch it. 
Well, actually, we only got Saturday oh, because yeah, I you, work you Sundays. Work. Shoot. Well, we'll still get together on Saturday. Okay. So, well, with that. That's right. Whoa! See you guys, <laughs> see you guys next week. Later. Follow us on Twitter at BeerCityBoys1. That's the number one, not spelled out. Beer City Boys 1. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email. Our email is hottagpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Hot Hot tag out.